So God is good. And all the time. Again, the Bible says in all things we give thanks. It's difficult, isn't it? But we give him thanks because he knows it all. Let us pray. Lord, in the sharing of your word, may your written word become the living word in our hearts as we hear it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the past few weeks has been tough with multiple of sad news of death and illness in our community here. On Monday, after a busy work, I arrived home at about 7.30 p.m. As Grace was serving my dinner, I received a telephone call to go to the hospital to pray and to say goodbye to Essa. I quickly got the food down, and Grace and I drove to Wellington Hospital where we were there with the family till up to midnight, praying and supporting them in that journey. And on Tuesday afternoon, I got a phone call from Ollie, a heartbroken mother, to say she has sadly lost a beloved firstborn son, husband to Megan, and daddy to three beautiful children. I don't know what your definition of painful is, but that's really, really painful. But for those of you who might have away last Friday, I had a telephone call as well of my auntie who passed away in Freetown, Sierra Leone, suddenly. And for the past week, our deacon, who is not here with us today, Deacon Ali, she has been busy supporting a family that's also going through the pain of serious illness. And that's why she is not here are with us today. Now I understand when they say that it doesn't just rain, it what? It pours. But equally, God, through the psalmist in Psalm 34, verse 19, assures us that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him or her from them all. His promise to us is that even though we walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, his rod and his staff will be our comforter. His presence will always be with us. That is what he is promising to us at this difficult time for us all here at Methodist Central Hall in Westminster. His promise to comfort us. Today is Racial Justice Sunday and Transfiguration Sunday, and I've titled my message, Listen to Him. God instructs his followers on Transfiguration Sunday to listen to his son, Jesus Christ. He has got a word for that situation that you are going through. He has got a word for that circumstance that you are dealing with right now. So God instructs us on this day to listen to him. Listening to God and obeying God's word can be challenging for us in this noisy world. How do we listen to God? How do we pick out what is God and what is not God in this noisy world where we are distracted by all sorts? Well, I know my own grandchildren. I don't know about yours, but my grandchildren who are here with us uh, for the half term, I know they don't always listen to their grandma when she's talking to them, especially when they're on their iPad or they're watching the TV. 
Perhaps you've got the most amazing grandchildren that always listen, but mine at times, no, they don't. The other day, I was screaming at my grandson, Oakley, to pay attention to where he was going. He was so distracted that, you know what? He walked into a glass door, banged his head, and then came back and started crying. Thankfully, the door was okay, and he was fine. He was fine. But also talking about listening to God today, the story is told of a farmer who lost a very valuable watch. He searched everywhere for the watch. He lost it in his burns. He searched diligently for it, carefully raking through all the huge pile of hail, but didn't find it. His fellow workers came, and they also helped him to find it, but it all proved futile. And then a small boy you heard about the fruitless search Sneak into the barn, and in the afternoon, and soon he emerged with a watch. Ta-da! I found it! Amazed, the man asked the little boy how he found it. The little boy replied, I went in, I closed the door, I laid down on the hay, and kept very still. And soon I had the watch ticking, tick-tock, tick-tock. And I reached out for it and brought it out. Often the question is not whether God is speaking, but whether we are still enough, whether we are quiet enough to hear God when he is speaking, tick-tock, in the noise of this world. Are we still enough to hear him? Yes, Jesus assured us that our heavenly father always listens to us. But do we listen to him? Do we follow his instructions? In our gospel passage today, Jesus invites three of his heartbroken disciples to a mountain to pray. This invitation came at a time when sadness and grief was among the disciples who were struggling with the sad revelation that Jesus will soon be heading for Golgotha to die on the cross for our sins. In fact, in Matthew's gospel, we are told that Peter even challenged Jesus about that idea that no, you are not going to any cross. Peter challenged him so much that there was a contest between him and Jesus and Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me. You Satan. The disciples were clearly not on the same page with Jesus about his suffering and about his death. They were disappointed, frustrated, confused. They struggled to accept the program and the agenda of Jesus, uh, which was not in line or in sync with their own selfish thinking. But before we point finger in haste on the disciples, uh, let's look at ourselves. Don't we also all struggle at times to accept God's plan for our lives, especially when those plans do not, do not align with our expectations? It was in this atmosphere of tension, this state of wrestling with God's agenda and plan that Luke's opened up our gospel passage today with an invitation to travel with Jesus to the mountain. 
amidst the grief, the pain, the challenges, and trouble around our world, Jesus invites us on Transfiguration Sunday to climb up the mountain, to struggle up that place of prayer, so that perhaps in this sacred act of communicating with God through prayer, we too may catch a glimpse of Christ's glory and hear God's voice saying to us, this is my son, listen to him. Listening to him might save us from walking into the glass door of trials and tribulations. We are invited to listen to him because he has a word of healing for us, a word of comfort for what we are going through right now. He knows the way to true happiness, to joy and to peace. In fact, he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Listening to him because he is the answer. He is the key that can open and unlock doors in our lives. On the mountain of transfiguration, this deep revelation of who Jesus was, significantly changed the mood of the disciples. Peter, who was once protesting, found peace and rest in God's presence. And he quickly offered to do what was necessary to keep the mountaintop experience. It was good. It was so nice. Peter wanted to keep it. And so he said, let's just stay here. Let's don't go anywhere anymore. Let's just stay here. It's very nice up here. It's calm. It's peaceful. It's comfortable. Let's stay here. In fact, I will build the tent for us to live here forever and ever. Often we find ourselves, when we are in our own mountaintop experience, when everything is fine in the home, everything is fine in the office, everything is fine with our family, the relationship is going well, everything is beautiful. We just want that moment to stay with us. Often when we are in that situation as well, we become greedy. We want to keep Jesus to ourselves, away from everybody else. But Jesus challenges us this morning to get down the mountain, to get involved uh, with a mess in our world uh, and be his agent of change. Uh, and one of the messes in our world uh, is racial injustice. It is what? Are we paying attention? It is what? Racial injustice. That is one of the messes, the many, many mess in our world. A lot has been done to eradicate it, but like that stubborn demon uh, that uh, Daniel read about, that stubborn demon who continues to suppress and oppress that little boy won't go anywhere. So racial justice is still in existence and seems to be going nowhere. Racial injustice seems to be going nowhere. It is not only a, an issue for those of us who are impacted by it, rather... It is something that all of us need to stand in opposition to. Black, white, colored, we are all in this fight together. We are to seek to dismantle racial injustice and discrimination against women, against children, against minority groups, black migrants, the people that are different in identity to us. At football matches, those of you who watch the football, before they start the football, what do they do? We all see all the players, they go down on their knees. They take a knee. I was going to ask you all to do it this morning, but I quickly realized 
that from some of us, if we go down, I'm not quite sure how we're going to help some people to come up. Me, myself, number one, I might need a hoist. So don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to go down. But we see footballers do that. They go down on one knee to protest against racism in football and in the nation. But yet, three black footballers, they missed the penalty. Do you remember them? Saka, Sanchez, and what's the name of the other one? Rashford. They missed the penalty. And these people who are going down on one knees, hell broke loose in the stadium with racial chanting against them. It shows that we still have a long way to go in our fight against racism. We were there in solidarity with them, but they missed the penalty. They were not able to score a goal, and that was it. Racial chanting. We have a long way to go, but we will get there. Somebody say amen to that. Away from football. When one group of migrants is given safe passage to come into Europe as a result of war, we are even encouraged to do what? To invite them into our homes, which is a brilliant initiative, wonderful idea. I love that idea. We are encouraged to welcome them into our home. Yes, these are human beings. They face difficulties. But yet, yet, another group of migrants with dark skin, colored people, they were pushed, pushed back to Libya on dangerous seawaters, kept on a barge off sea. And now there are even talks to send them to a country that is just recovering from genocide and the scars of it. Where is the justice in this? People are to be treated fairly and equally. Not one rule for some and another rule for the others. It has got to stop. And you and I here this morning, black and white, we all have a role to play to fight injustice. Racism is the elephant in the room. Mighty as it is, we need to tackle it and bring it down. Tackle it head on. Together with God's help, we can eradicate racial injustice. 31 years ago, right here in London, a young boy by the name of Stephen Lawrence was murdered in a racially motivated aggression. This is still happening in the United Kingdom. Haven't we learned our lesson Obviously, no, because people are still being killed because of their identity. Nobody deserves to die because of who they are. Underneath every identity is the image of God because we were all made in the image and in the likeness of our Creator. I was leading the breakout session the other day, and I asked them to come up with some practical ways uh, that we might deal with injustice and inequality in our world. Among the answers I got, some of them said, Lansford, we have to pray for peace and togetherness. And that's what I want to say to you all today on this Racial Justice Sunday. Let us pray for peace and togetherness and an understanding that we are all part of the one family called the human race created 
by God. Some of them said we had to speak up against it. We had to campaign against it. We had to sign petitions. We had to write to our MPs and our political leaders and point to them some of the unjust policies that we see around. To say it is not my business is no longer an option. No longer an option. This fight is for everyone. Because if you are not a victim of discrimination, you are not a victim of racial abuse, you are not a victim of prejudice, someone you know, someone you love, someone you cares about is suffering and is in pain somewhere. So fight and speak up for that person. In his letter from uh, a Birmingham, Alabama jail in 1963, Martin Luther said this word. He said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Whatever affects one directly, he said, affects all us directly or indirectly. Reading the Telegraph newspaper online yesterday, I don't know if the, some of you read that, I came across an article in the newspaper that says, I quote, Church of England may ban parishioners who bully vicars. So the Church of England is going to be watching now. So you got to be careful. Those who bully a vicar, Church of England is going to go after them. But I bring this story when I read it because it made me smile. Sadly, it shows that bullying it shows that racial injustice is in the church as well. At our own last synod here, in this hall, we have the story of a Methodist minister who was a victim of rejection because of his skin color and his accent. He turned up for a funeral visit only to be rejected to take the funeral because of his color and because of his accent. What a shame. This shows that even in the church, we still have a long way to go. However, in the Methodist church, as part of our collective fight against racial injustice, we encourage our church leaders to complete a training on equality, diversity, and inclusion, but also on unconscious bias to raise an awareness of these issues among us. And I'm sure in some of these stories that I've told this morning, you can only imagine what you have been going through. You've gone down memory lane thinking of people you know who've suffered racial injustice and they're in pain. And you have done all you could to help them. But sadly, the situation is still here. As it was in the Old Testament and in the New Testament era. And so having had all this ranting that I've been doing this afternoon, here is the conclusion. Micah the prophet, in our Old Testament reading, now lists for us what God requires of us to address injustice. And it is for each and every one of us to leave this service today with a commitment to go and act justly. To go and love mercy. To go and work step by step, humbly, with God. To love the Lord with all our hearts, all our mind, all our might, and all our soul, everything in us. But also to love our neighbors, black, white, colored, love them. 
as you love yourself. This is what Jesus is saying to the church on this racial justice and transfiguration Sunday. Would you listen to him? I pray you will. Amen. Let's sing.